Welcome back. This week we're talking about Ford Motor Company and its uh, new initiative to open stores in shopping centers. Uh, this week we got our graphic designer, Fran Ma, and our theorist leader, Jeremy Kosh. And uh, let's just get into it. Hey, Matt. Fran. Hi. Fran. What? Hi. Hey. Hey. You just worked a mad deal in front of us. A mad deal. Yeah, it was a mad deal because yeah. you, you were just writing away, crunching numbers. Um, it seemed like you had two deals for them to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's an astute observation. Yes. I saw two different uh, highlighters. So. so watching a car deal take place, how much... Um, how much? How close does that meet the um, fantasy that you would have in your head as to what people normally talk about when they're writing out all the numbers when you're buying a car? So behind the scenes, what you expect and fantasize that the salesman and the sales manager are actually talking about. In a costaverse. How closely? How in, <laughs> in the, the costaverse? How closely does that actually match the reality of what you just watched? In the ACU. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the one and only. Yeah, franchised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, in the extended cost of hers. Okay. Yeah, this is... this is In uh, the EXCU. This is, this is all okay. <laughs> uh, I just, don't know. Just, just for people who, who may be listening to this, that uh, for the, so for the people that are actually listening to this. To our five the, listeners. The, yeah, the cost of versus... Uh, Blair Martin. The, the terminology is something that we've labeled as for this, the reality that Matt has created. He creates in real time. It's not something that I think he spends any time writing down or coming up with. It's just a real time creation of this parallel universe that doesn't actually exist, but borrows from multiple different areas. Anyway, so as part of the Acosta universe, the extended Acosta universe, how closely did that deal behind the scenes match what you think, how, how you would have thought a real deal went? So um, Jeremy has a, a Jeremyverse. He calls it the Jeremyverse. I call it gaslighting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he likes, to, he likes to gaslight me a lot. Uh, Do you actually know what gaslighting means? Yeah, it means like Describing a situation that didn't happen, and the person thinks it happened, like it's it's the reinterpretation of a situation uh, where the person, like, I don't remember it happened. They're like, Oh yeah, it did. And like, I guess it happened that way, right? That's like that's my that's from my memory. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I'll, I'll put it. I'll give you the actual official one, which I I love because you'll. It's just like it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I like I like that the Jeremy verse is, uh, is just an alternative way of saying gaslighting. This is what it says. Gaslight. Manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. <laughs> 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 well, that's what I call your labyrinth. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I guess. <laughs> wow. This is pretty... <laughs> That's pretty accurate. It's pretty good. Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which a person seeks to sow seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or in members of a targeted group, making them question their own memory, perception, and sanity. Hmm. It's so dark, but something about it that brings me a lot of joy. Uh, I love how I was able to twist that on you. Yeah, yeah. It actually just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> the Jeremy verse. <laughs> Also known as gaslighting. Okay, let's. <laughs> 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 Which I took. <laughs> I'm actually like, uh. 
Okay. So guys, Ford plans on uh, Ford's planning on opening, or Ford has opened up stores uh, in a few select cities. Uh, these storefronts house a few cars. Employees, uh, uh, people can ask employees questions. They pass the leads on to salespeople. You can do test drives at some of these locations. The cars are just parked outside. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be in the mall, but for the ones that they do have up right now are in malls. These shops are not intended to re- replace traditional dealerships, but some locations do offer you the ability to purchase and lease. It should be noted, it says in this article, that Lincoln has set up a small handful of boutique stores. And Ford also has Ford Hub in New York City, which kind of answers questions about mobility and some of their projects. So guys, uh, what do you guys think about Ford opening up uh, stores in shopping centers? Perhaps it targets another demographic that may not be comfortable going to a dealership. True. Um, but whether or not that's a demographic that actually proves to be fruitful enough to equate the amount of expense right. that you're spending on this, uh, I, I, I'm probably pretty skeptical about. Um, only from previous history that, that we have with dealing with the mall boutique. So, um, first of all, I just want to... Uh, call out that uh, I love that you, you called it Quebec City. <laughs> yeah, well played. Um, you gave it a French accent, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, you did. It was like Quebec. It was good. It was all like. That's tri- what I said, Quebec? Quebec. I thought, I, didn't I say Quebec? You said, you said Quebec, yeah. Well, how do you pronounce it? Quebec. Quebec. Yeah, so I, I'm Hispanic. Uh, and these people are making fun of my inability to pronounce certain syllables. <laughs> I just wanted to be on the record here on this podcast <laughs> that will be shared on LinkedIn. <laughs> if you need to, uh, do you want me to pronounce anything with an R on a speaker? If you want the audio to go up or down, you adjust the what? The volume. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nice catch. Matt normally says value. Um, okay, so back to the mall thing. It's Here's the point I'm going to make on that. Yes, you, you're reaching a demographic of people that don't want to go into a dealership. So you're reaching a demographic of people that um, are uncomfortable with pressure, are uncomfortable with a salesperson, uncomfortable with uh, just the whole bad mojo that goes along with walking into a car dealership, which could be a very good thing. Um, Tesla took this to heart. And so Tesla went full on boutique and went as far as making sure their dealer network was all OEM controlled, not privately owned and operated and became a much more experiential um, and result type uh, front rather than an actual selling business that needed to sell in order to pay bills and have a viable business. So here's the thing though, when we went into the mall and tried this and we did it with Lincoln and, and we set up call it boutiques or I I can't remember the actual name of when you set up like the little basic kiosk kiosk. Thank you. Display in the middle of the mall. Okay. And we've, we've had them manned, we've had them unmanned. And what you find is, yes, you hit that demographic, but there's a reason that nobody really is going out of their way at all times to chase down this demographic. Because for the most part, that demographic doesn't buy cars uh, or doesn't want to buy cars and certainly not through a business. Um, 90 some percent of this demographic are the kind that avoid that at all costs. They're either buying very, very pre-owned. And and just to be clear here, I'm not talking about someone at a mall. 
Yeah. I'm talking about the type of people that engage with a dealership or OEM auto business at the mall or at least in the, the or, or at least in the experience that we've seen everyone goes to the mall yeah. for, for the most part a large a large contingency you're, you're, it's, it's a it's a big blanket but the ones that tend to engage at the mall are the ones that they're engaging there because they don't engage at a dealership and they don't engage at a dealership because they don't buy cars at dealerships and i mean this is this is just what we found there is going to be people that buck that trend that do absolutely will buy a car that would prefer to do it through a mall boutique type thing but to chase that to to say that you're doing it to hit a different demographic you're hitting a demographic that is an extremely difficult one to sell a car to so the actual value of doing that becomes questionable okay in our experience but maybe for Ford it's great for as a branding kind of thing so that's a different play. Yeah. If you're talking about branding, eyes, visibility, and if they see it as something that does that, I, I, I'd hear that as a better argument than okay. saying I'm, that we're trying to hit a different demographic. So would you would you call some of these people tire kickers? Like, yeah, I mean that's a that's an old term used. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's you don't get that anymore. People don't generally don't have time to and don't want to. You go to a dealership and you go tire kick. It's probably pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> um, for the most part, people, yeah, at a mall, that would be a tiebreaker. Someone that would have no problem because they're not dealing in a pressure or commission salesperson environment, have no problem sitting there talking to uh, the representative for an elongated period of time about whatever, um, but certainly not leading down the path of possibility of, of purchase. We found. I, I, I really hate to like, I don't want to sound arrogant and, you know, if we set up a something at a mall that everyone there is just tire kickers or anything like that. I don't mean that to be just such a general sweeping notion. I mean it more in the sense that we found the vast majority of people that engage with you at a mall with an auto kiosk or setup are the kind that aren't really thinking of making a purchase consideration and we've done it a few times and for a longer period of time like a week at a time yeah so we we did this at southgate mall and my memory of of us we it was just a kiosk with like two cars and like sometimes a a a little stand with a person behind it and i think the last time we did it we we looked at the cost of like what you would call a lease versus the amount of leads we had versus the amount of sales and like whatever profit we had that lease ate it (laughs) up You know, you know, so I can only imagine what these storefronts are costing for it, and like the so whatever, like he's they're saying that it's really helping with sales, and they're pushing all the leads to sales dealerships. Um, I bet you the cost of the lease is eating up that profit. Maybe I mean on the flip side of this, maybe malls are cheap now. I don't know. It's been a while since we've considered it. Yeah, I've been I've been looking at. Uh, Real real estate, uh, not real estate. Commercial uh, real estate on White Avenue and Jasper, and it's anywhere between fourteen and twenty thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I, I just don't know what a mall lease looks like now. I would assume it's around the same. And West Edmonton Mall. I don't think it'd be that high. I think in West Edmonton Mall, it was twenty k. My friend has a my friend had a store. Well, not my friend, a cousin. My wife's cousin had a store there, and he was paying twenty k. And then there was like fees on top of that. If they hit certain profits, the mall would would get a percentage of it. Um, so like, um, 
that's astronomical. How can like lots of oh, no, there's a lot of small businesses that don't have that much traffic. Yeah, no, the mall the mall doesn't care. Plus, I think at that time the mall was trying to push out these mom and pop shops, and they wanted to get bigger brands and the brands that can afford the leases and stuff like that. The majority of why these stores fail. Like Ford is just copying Tesla, who's copied Microsoft, who copied Apple. But that 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 business model of like having these like I don't know like bougie storefronts that show off their product is is a very dated concept, and it's kind of irking that like Ford is doing this right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it kind of irks me that Ford is doing this right now uh, because it's, they're very late to the game and they can look back at every other person or every other company that's done it, yeah. like Tesla, uh, who's like talked about shutting shutting down stores because of cost, to know that it's a bad idea. And I, I like that they're testing new concepts, but like the idea of having like cars in malls is like as old as the seventies. Yeah, I've seen my. I've seen them before too. Most of them are quite empty. These storefronts, no one goes into them. There, there was even like a uh, a little riff on it in Stranger Things. The the little car that they used to that she uh, picked up and threw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was a was a car? Was an automotive like dealer kiosk thing? So it's like it's the idea has been done to death. Like for them to go ahead and get leases, like I don't know. Like I hate to be like negative about the idea, but I think historically speaking, and looking at the data, even looking at our own data, like, and Ford I'm sure has their own data on it, and they can just go into their DM network and pull some more data. But then even looking at competitors like Tesla, and then looking outside of our industry, like uh, Google's partnership with Best Buy and Microsoft stores and Sony stores, like like this idea doesn't work. Here's the thing, though. Um I, I'm actually more interested in it, and this is what I think what triggered you, um, is is that through the history, through everything I just said previously about the demographic and who you tend to get, I'm actually more interested in now than I think I have been before, and that depends on how they actually feel the interpretation of what this storefront is going to be. What is this, they, they talk about experiential and, and offering test drives, and so, if all we're talking about is we're going to drop three or four vehicles in the middle of the mall and hire some random Fred to stand around and talk to people about the cars, I'm, I'm, it doesn't excite me whatsoever. Yeah, we, we've, we've seen that. We've done it. It's been done. To even think about talking about that in sense of press release and it's something new is kind of, you know, I'm not sure that, that, you know. It's dated. Yeah, it's super dated. But... Are they more looking at this rather than saying we're going to be the next Apple, the next, the next Microsoft, the next whatever? Are they are they are they not going that route? Are they are they looking at this more as we can do something with this opportunity to drive brand recognition in a way um, that is appropriate and appropriately valued? So can they take something like the lease? Um, leverage it against this is how many people we got their information which let's be frank the automobile industry has always known this but not to the extent that it's insanity now data is very valuable and so can they leverage uh incoming data through this to make up for and justify the cost of what they're doing there in some form or fashion and i have to believe that ford believes they have some sort of way of doing that now whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. But again, this excited me from the fact that do is, is is that their play? And they actually talk about it. They talk about that the pilot they've got going on in Quebec City is something that has generated a ton of lead, right? Which in 
automobile is uh, valuable. So uh, again, it's how you set this up, what you expect to do with it, what you're doing with this demographic, is it actually leading to valuable data that can be used to leverage uh, a deal or a sale or a customer that you wouldn't have gotten before? I'd be interested to, to know if that if it could. Historically, it hasn't. Um. So again, is this, uh, sorry, I should probably be more succinct and clear. Are they talking about just putting cars in the middle of a mall and some dude in a tie? Is that it? Is that is that their experience at the mall? If that is what it is, inside a store though, I'm out. And 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 rightfully so, especially if it costs me anything, including in personnel. Yeah, man. The the I think like I forgot about the comp- human compensation when you when you put the person in it now and you have the store and like oh my god the whole operation. Whatever you're gaining in leads, man, you're going to lose it in, like, uh, operation costs, overhead. Right. So um, I, I brought this up to Matthew at Google, and he uh, he had a good point. They don't – I, I, he said that he felt that they it's more of a marketing, like, like what you're saying, brand awareness, marketing. And so they can – because of that, uh, with a brand awareness campaign, they can bury – the ROI a little bit because it's like it's it's less harder to prove. It's not more. It's not more so about sales. If they get sales, if they get leads, it's it's a bonus for the most part. It's like brand recognition, getting people to consider Ford. Okay, let me ask you this then: If Ford did this, but instead fully embraced the ideology that this is archaic thinking, and they made it retro, and and I use that term loosely because it can be a, a negative one. But you set up a storefront and you have like done up retro editions of vehicles and you sell swag. So the Ford store is filled with like 60s, 70s Hmm. Ford memorabilia type stuff. So they have like an actual purposeful, like real items that you can buy that some people might find really cool. Some people as in 40, 50, 60 year olds that are walking through the mall and now remind them why they loved Ford at one point or do. That's smart. Do you have something there? I think that there's something there. Uh, I don't know about the retro angle, but I do think having like merch. Retro is a, a stupid term. I don't I don't mean that because it's because it can be a derogatory term. Um, do you know what I mean? Don't like 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 acknowledge and and be comfortable with the fact that it's an archaic thought to be set up in the mall. And so have fun with it. It reminds people of how long Ford's been around and how big of a brand they are. The Ford store. Yeah, I like the idea of a Ford store because it reminds you of like uh, like those big, like the Hershey store, or like M&M's World store. So like Coca-Cola store. And, like, and those are like brands that you wouldn't expect. But they're just merch stores. Merch is where is what I'm leveraging here, right? Yeah. Is, is the idea of merch making the brand recognizable and cool. Yeah. Um, and that's I, I'd and, wear a Ford and, and shirt. You would, right? Yeah. Especially like a, a cool one or yeah. one that that, that kind of like. Um, 
harken back to the past. I and, wear a and, Florida and, like cap too. And, and now, and so does now this conversation is this relevancy? Does this tie a little bit to what you see going on in other industries, such as movie industry with uh, theaters that are scaling back and rather than just being big boxes to fit everybody in and milk out a nickel, they're more experiential. So you're trying to, and which is what they used to sell merch, which now. is what they used to be. And they sell merch now. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, I could probably talk about a lot of different industries that are going that route, but here's one where if you're going to utilize mall space as Ford, could you see a fit that way? That would make more sense. And I think they would drive more sales. Uh, and if they were looking for brand recognition, that would be the direction they should have gone, but that's not what they're doing. Okay. They're just throwing cars in malls. Maybe they'll listen to this podcast. Uh, they're like, pull his, uh, uh, pull his point guys. Get rid of that. <laughs> Gosh, Ford shut down. Uh, Edmonton just lost a point. Yeah. We're now, <laughs> we're now Kosh Kia. E. 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 I think that was their slogan back in the day. E? Yeah, it was like it was. Wasn't it like they were trying to position? No, Kia. wasn't it, or it Australian? Was it? Wasn't it? Like it was a lot of outback commercials with with Kia. Shubua, Shubu Forsta. Um, what was I gonna say? Um. Oh uh, shit! I forgot what I was gonna say. So what if they? Well, I was thinking instead of retro, I was thinking of the possibility that they did something more car show like where they really focused on the technology that Ford has in their vehicles and educating people on that and how advanced their vehicles are. See, I, and, and I went there, friend, and yeah. and I thought about that. I, I could have gone into, yeah, like utilizing virtual reality and going for test drives that way yeah. and, and then really like, kind of and, and, and like, and like doing that sort of stuff. But here's the thing is I think that like people have access to that in some ways if they want that, such as car show. Good right? Um, yeah. My commentary is more, and this is why, again, it excited me, is because is there, when they talk about this, is it just marketing jargon, experiential, and blah, 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 and it's just a bunch of cars, or is it actually some, is it like a Ford store? Yeah. The Ford store, right? And But in a mall, yeah. which, you know, interpreted, um, literally, kind of excites me. It's a, like a like a mall store, but the Ford store, right? And and, and it's like again that that calls back to merch and and just uh, cool display and and stuff like that. And an actual like you're not walking in to buy a car. You're, you're walking in to buy the brand. You know who did a really good job of this? Harley. Ooh, but in like the early 2000s. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. It's not, kind of not, done now. Not now. Yeah. But they did it like a insane brand. You had loyalists with Harley, like kind of like how Apple and the, like Harley was the original like loyalist when it comes to a brand loyal that that, that loyalty that is just like bled through and things like that. A lot and, of crossover with Ford and, too. And then people would like buy tons of knockoff Harley stuff. Uh, awesome. Uh, I have more to add on that, but I will add after we go to a break. So let's go to a break. Peace. Hey, just want to jump in there for a quick word from our parent company, the Kosh Auto Group. Guess what? We're hiring. You should apply. We offer great benefits, great opportunities, great management support, and great teams. You're ready to make the jump to Kosh? Pretty easy to find us. Just find us on LinkedIn and Indeed. Apply there. That's it. Let's get back to the show. Uh, <clears throat> welcome back. Uh, yeah, so I do have uh, a thought about this. So in that little press release that they sent out, they do mention that they're not trying to replace traditional stores, uh, but they're also saying that they're like looking towards the future of retail and like the larger dealer format, which is, we're kind of like a superstore. Um, 
we're a larger store for sure. Uh, and so when when you the idea of like scaling back the idea of a dealership, and then they even mention that they're not doesn't necessarily need to be in a mall. It kind of it kind of makes you think that they're experimenting with the idea of like what a dealership is. Like, does it really need to be this massive store? Can it exist in a small, isolated spot and still generate the same amount of le- like? I think it could be a pilot to see if like if a smaller store can generate the same amount of leads as a bigger store. I just think the execution of a mall is a bad idea. But I they do mention that it doesn't necessarily need to be in a mall. But all the test stores have been in malls. But I think if they were to open this up as a standalone store that was smaller, I I don't think that's, that's kind of like forward thinking. The idea of a smaller dealership that doesn't necessarily have to have the inventory on hand. It can have samples, but no inventory and you just factory order everything. That's kind of fucking cool. Um, I don't know if that's what they're doing. Some of the stores, they said, uh, I think in Belgium or Italy, uh, they're doing they're doing leases and purchases on site. So there could be something more cynical here at play. There's always a fear that the corporate will eliminate franchises and create corporate stores. And what are your thoughts on that, Jerry? Is that a play here? Absolutely. If, if, if I was the OEM, if I was Ford, I'd be thinking all the time, how do I get rid of all these multiple private owners that um, are each trying to do their own thing? As a brand, you want to consolidate and be more efficient all the time, and it's very inefficient with how it sits right now. So, yeah, no, I, I, I would. The problem is they've created a monster. I mean, this is this is a massive beast right now. Um, you you could try, and Ford has. They they had a thing in I believe it was the '90s. Uh, what was it? FRN, the Ford Retail Network, I believe they called it, and you'd have to look it up. And uh, it was uh, they set up one or two satellite stores, OEM owned and operated, and and ran, and they 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 didn't fly. They got crushed. Now it's a different world. Nineties, no internet, no digital. It was meant to just see can we can we create OEM branded and ran dealerships. So they're, they're all a little gun-shy when it comes to that. Tesla did it, and now they're trying to shut down all their OEM ran. When you have a private owner and the expense is all on them, and therefore it is their prerogative to push sales and push bottom-line profit, it's, it, it works. Like It just intrinsically gets your product on the road and, and it gets things going. Now, I, again, I'm only talking about sales. So I should take a step sideways here and, and, and just kind of say like as a dealership as a whole, this is, this is, this is a beast. Like there, there, There's multiple levels at a dealership. Our, ours, one of our stores, uh, the, the Metro store here alone, departmentally, if I'm segregating it, have sales. Sales is broken down into pre-owned brand new sales, the internet sales team, fleet sales, um, and then the F&I uh, finance and insurance department, all collectively different cabals all running within one thing, which is sales. Then you have fixed operations. You have a service department. Service department is split into fleet and retail. You can even get into like medium heavy trucks as a whole other facet altogether. The 550, 650 super trucks and things like that. Mm. You have parts which needs to work in conjunction with service in order to order to stock to appropriately get everything correct. Um, we have a body shop 
uh, on top of that, just another extension of this entire of this entire thing. And I mean, this is just the different departments all under the construct of dealership. Of course, then you have the administration staff, you have a cafeteria that you got to look after. Um, there's th- these things are just it's a monster. And, it's just one dealership. And that's just one dealership. So can you comb through and can you find inefficiencies everywhere and go, yeah, let's consolidate to a boutique? Absolutely. No, without a doubt. Especially if you compartmentalize the department. So if you go, okay, new car sales. I just want to take new car sales and pluck it from the dealership and turn that into a much more efficient standalone thing. Yeah, you can do that. But all these dealerships that exist in prime location land under massive buildings and that are doing a job and fairly successfully for the brands right now, their contracts as franchise owners are so tight and deep that it would go to court. It would be an absolute mess if uh, they tried to now say, okay, you know what? We're just going to go to boutique stores that are OEM ran. But they can compete with boutique stores. What, what do you mean no, by I that? I mean, like, uh, the dealerships can't compete with the OEM. Can't? Can. Or, or, or can if or they can't. opened one. Well, that would be, I mean, imagine the, imagine the, the, <laughs> the lawsuit. <laughs> well, yeah, like, just imagine you're, you're, you're a franchise owner, you know, you're, run, you're running a, you know, whatever million dollar business that under a franchise, and then they open competition directly next to you in a no overhead boutique. That, that, that just like that what that looks like is insane right so again yeah. yeah yeah can they compartmentalize can they make it more efficient without a doubt and that's something that we need to strive for at all times and always be watching uh, because the OEM certainly is but to just snap their fingers and do it would I don't think can happen I think they've created too big of a monster too big of a beast and they can't get out of it so that that scaled back idea that I just said about uh, stripping it down to like a small micro dealership that's kind of what like but again, but okay, just to stop you though, a micro dealership. What are you talking about? Or like a mic, like a store that can take your vehicle in for well, service? It's kind of what Tesla was trying to do, right? Can can you can you service your vehicle there? No, no. So it's not a dealership. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is like I think what they were it's trying to. It's a sales to, center. Okay, so here, here's the question I'm going to pose to you. So let's say they were trying to like scale it back to like can a smaller format, like a micro dealership generate the same amount of like sales, not necessarily service or fix off, but sales uh, as a full size dealership for like a, for a fraction of the cost. And then the other, the other thing where I want to talk about is I think that's what Tesla, here's, here's what's so weird about it. I think that's what Tesla was doing. And then it became a kiosk in a mall that hold Tesla cars. Right. It started off that way. Yeah. You, you know why it worked for Tesla? In my opinion, worked. Yeah, 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 it worked. It doesn't uh, and, work. And no, no, no. Big asterisks. Opinion only. Uh, I'm going to talk definitively, but it's. Uh, I'm not. I don't actually know why I believe it didn't work for Tesla. Is because I believe Tesla successfully built an aspirational brand. Yeah. And that's why that concept and the way that they did it worked because people just aspirationally wanted a Tesla. They didn't know why. They didn't care what the car actually did in contrast to any other car on the market. They just wanted a Tesla. I heard Tesla owners all have a secret uh, wave. Do they? They do. That's a real thing. They literally teach you at the Tesla store the little two finger, three finger wobble that you're supposed to do to other Tesla owners. 
they were smart. They knew. They built an aspirational brand. They built a little cult, right, of Tesla. That's why these boutiques worked. But then, is because people you, went there and it was just cool to buy. But do you feel like those But the second Tesla became mainstream and became more of a it's just another brand, it's just another became car. Became a kiosk at the mall. They become a kiosk at the mall. Yeah. Nailed it. And then, and then that's when uh Elon Musk is like, "Pull the damn store." Yeah, well that's when Elon <laughs> Musk is just like, "Why, why? <laughs> I'm just going why am I not going to Mars? Like this guy just all of a sudden, like, what am I doing? Yeah. Why, why am I building cars? Like this yeah. is that. That's a cool idea, though. That's a cool thought. Um, if that uh, um, the Tesla case study to me is fascinating. I don't know if I'm right, but I yeah, just I, but the I, idea. I guess that all the success they had with that model was because they had a brand that was just cool and hip, and so people that that was hip to to buy it that way, right? And that if he could. If you could get Elon in like a room with like a lie detector and actually get the and a truth serum and all the rest and go for the good of the 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 wealth of the company, looking back, Elon, would you, would you like if you wanted Tesla to be a viable, long-standing, wealthy car manufacturer, auto manufacturer? Do you think the right move would have been franchising? And I'd be curious what he'd have to say. Yeah, I like I, I I can't get over the idea of like of the idea of a scaled back micro dealership. And then I kind of think about do you guys remember when uh, Rogers had its own stores like full on stores like store like do brick. they not anymore? They they only have kiosks now. Yeah, and like okay. stores inside of like shopping. Centers. I remember Radio Shack. Yeah, but but Rogers is a real like because so. Back in the day, you used to, to get a cell phone or anything from Rogers, you go to the Rogers store, and it was like these full-on stores that are also video stores and rented DVDs and sold cell phones. And what was the electronics store that had the tagline, we shop the world for you? What is that? We shop the world for you. Remember that? My mind goes to like... Uh, a Mexican Pizza Hut commercial. No, it was an electronic. <laughs> pizza Hut and not a must. <laughs> Which is Pizza Hut and nothing else. Thanks. <laughs> it was an electronic store. <laughs> uh, so we just learned that slogans work. Uh, right? They, they stay with you. Yeah, we don't have a slogan. Uh, yeah, we do. The, the the Captain Can Do No Bull. Yeah, yeah. We should we should do a podcast on slogans and then come up with one. <laughs> don't That'd be a good one. Cosh Ford. Cosh Ford what? what? It's, it's not <laughs> simple and honest, <laughs> no although that's a very basic thing. No, that's our thing. tagline. That's like, the tagline. Uh, we're simple and honest. And we really are. As much as like uh, as much as much people think dealerships are scammers, I like truly believe we're like... I don't want that's to shit not, That's not fully true. Listen, I, I don't know if you're going to cut that. <laughs> I'm <laughs> or, not. I think we or, are. Or, 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 if you're, or if you're going to win. We have no, a no, reputation no, no, for I, being a more fair and honest no, dealership. No, I, no. We do. We do. And, and, we, and we audit it and cultivate it all the time. But listen, we, there, there are a hundred and some employees and at that there are decisions that have been made definitely in the past. And you fire all and of them. certainly, yeah. But, but when someone gets caught doing something shitty, but they usually get But like if someone's can. listening to this, if there's a, if you, if you have enough audience over a long enough timeline listening to this, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, yeah, simple and all. Absolutely not. That's like a cost for the, you know, they, they did anything, but, but be simple and honest on this, especially whatever their interpretation might be. And, and it's cause you do, you do deal in an industry here where that 
that crappiness exists where people are games and <laughs> gaslighting and like psychologically trying to manipulate things to that's all uh, sales to, to hide though. stuff and things like that no what okay but what I'll say more uh, to be more accurate on this do we do we do we watch it and strive and preach it from the top more than a lot of places absolutely we take things very personally and we wear it on our sleeve and we and we it, the, the the entire thing is under a family name that we take a lot of pride in maintaining so um, we do watch that. But to more your point about honesty and transparency when it comes to business, what we found is with the rise of internet, with the rise of information sharing and how much is available and everything that's everywhere, you can't try to lie or hide something because someone can call you out on your shit immediately from their cell phone at all times. I got I got a payment calculator. I've got a link to all of uh, the current incentives. I've got a, a link to the the best price I can get on a vehicle to the invoice cost of a vehicle. I've got I've got all this information within seconds on my phone. So what's happened though is now the customers we find have now eclipsed the dealerships and become much better at manufacturing stories and uh, realities that bend us to their will than vice versa. We're, we're literally laying everything out because it's all available anyway in as, in as like a transparent and clear way as we possibly can. It's the clients that are like trying to come up with some way of getting us just to take money off. Really, yeah, and, and whatever that might be, and we when we see it, we hear it, we catch it all the time. But you know, um, it's uh, it's unfortunate, it is, but it's but that that mentality and that back and forth that's also created because dealerships were so shitty too. So, do you we think, should wear it? Do you think these like boutique stores are a way of also because there's the stigma of dealerships being shady? Yeah, but perhaps a uh, boutique is perceived as less shady. Hundred percent. I love that. I think that's a really cool idea of doing not necessarily uh, a kiosk or like a storefront in a mall, but having a smaller store um, that has like a. Let's say we had a. Let's say we 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 went ahead and booked or bought a smaller space uh, that has a small showroom and then that has like ten cars outside and did a micro dealership with maybe an oil change bay in the back and that's it. Like that idea is kind of cool. And then if they want to order anything that's not on site, we can pull it in from one of our sister dealerships or online and factory order. That idea is kind of cool. That's kind of what Tesla's doing. I have a feeling that's what what Ford is doing. They're kind of testing the waters, but they're but they're doing it half baked, which is why it's going to fail. You either go in all the way or you or you don't. And this is them going in halfway. Yeah, I know for sure. So, but I I actually think the idea of doing a micro dealership. It's fucking cool, man. Not a kiosk, not a storefront that just has like a f- one Tesla in it and you can look at it and there's like two Teslas in the back you can test drive, but a real store that's like, I don't know, like the size of like, I'm looking out the window and there's like a small Tony Romas out there, but like the size of Tony Romas and there's like 10 cars out front, they're all for sale and there's like an oil change, a quick lube in the back and then that's it. Like okay, a so, micro dealer. Okay, so the reason that doesn't fly and the problem with that is because people don't want to order a vehicle. They don't want to wait. Right, you're seeing this with Amazon right now. Why the hell would Amazon be investing in real estate at malls and all the rest? Because people want instant gratification. They don't want they uh, they don't want next day shipping. They want same day shipping. Yeah. Right. You should you should explain that because you, you kind of you kind of glazed over that. Nah, but well, no, they're they're buying dead malls. Right. So, but <laughs> where you're. you're 
12, 15 weeks out sometimes on an order on a car. People, people don't want to wait that long. So alternatively, okay, so you need pool stock. You need inventory available somewhere that someone can get. If you don't have it at the micro dealership, where does it sit? And so that, there you go, that there's your issue is you're, you're, you got a holding tank somewhere of vehicles. So what's the actual real efficient and proper way to do that? Realistically, it'd be if the OEM stocked everything per region, kept it in a warehouse Ooh. somewhere, and every dealer had access to the same stock. Ooh. Ooh, like a fulfillment center. Correct. Wow, that would be fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then Good luck can... making that happen, though. Oh, that would be so you easy. Know how much, the... You know how much Ford uh, makes on uh, floor plan? Do you have any idea? how no, much? Mu- t- I want to know two things. Tell me how much they make on that, and then tell me how much they make on the cars that we have to let's finance. Just, let's just keep it at a lot. A lot. Yeah. A lot. How big is the loan that we take? to bring in the cars that we just pay the interest on, right? That's what we do. We, we take out a massive loan that brings in the cars and all we do is pay the interest until the vehicle. So right? that's why it's a big deal to sell the car after 90 days. Okay. So last month we were sitting at 32 million. Wow. At this store. My stomach just dropped. I was going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. How does Jason sleep at night? How does, how does Jeremy sleep at night? Well, Jason. Jason sleeps great. Jason's watching the money. Exactly. So he sleeps great. <laughs> he sleeps on top of it. Yeah. Damn. Um, man, this whole industry is so, so bizarre. The automotive industry reminds you of that. Do you remember that episode of The Simpsons, where Mr. Burns goes to goes to check himself to see if he has any like illnesses, and the doctor shows him and tells him he has every illness possible, but for some amazing reason he won't die and he showed him he showed this this like it's like here's an example mr burns so here's here's the door here's all the diseases they're all trying to get through at once but it's because they're all trying to get through at once uh none of them get in he's like so i'm invincible no 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 quite the opposite <laughs> do you remember that that's that's what this industry reminds me of yeah <laughs> it's pretty accurate i don't know if that's accurate but i feel like that's <laughs> what it reminds me of it's just like fucking crazy any 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 final words on this yeah it's um it's it's an interesting thing that ford would even regurgitate and bring up the idea of a mall display as something experiential for the brand and i'd be curious i i am curious on it if it's simply just somebody trying to mimic what did work kind of i guess at one point for tesla or anyone else or if they actually have something different in mind with it so i'd um I'd be curious to see what it looks like. Yeah, um, I'd say good on them for like trying to do something new. I don't think what they're doing is new. Also, I think you're right about the about the the play on like the direction is is weird to me. You're right. If it was if it was a marketing branding play, then it should have been like a Ford store, like you said, like a brand merch store. Um, and I think that would have been the right approach. But it wasn't. And then if it was supposed to be like like a micro dealership like Tesla, then why did you put like, why did you put cars in them all? Like you you did like the thing that we've been doing since the seventies. So every way I look at what they've done seems wrong. <laughs> uh but that's just my point of view. But I also think that it feels like to me like they might be testing the waters to see if they can scale back a dealership. But they went the way they went about it seems to me kinda um not good. Dipping the toe in the water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like we need to walk into one to actually judge it. Nah, we can we can hate from over here. <laughs> Next podcast live from Quebec City. <laughs> All right, guys, um, that's it. Uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Later. Bye.